You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Okay, so what was your rock bottom that made you have that aha moment of like, fuck this? Oh man, I would say my rock bottom was actually in January 2020. And I had just ended a five-year relationship and I was working three different positions for different companies. Uh, I had given up basically everything to go back to the Midwest and my health, my body just was completely reacting and basically telling me, you need to step up or this is going to become even worse. So that was my rock bottom moment of saying to myself, Mac, you need to do something about this. You can't let this go on any longer. Mm. And as you're in that place and you're like, this is not sustainable, I have to make Mm -hmm. a move. Did you have the resources and the tools at that time to know what that move was? I would say yes, because... To make that move, I had all the tools internally. It was more so the choice of, are you going to take this leap and are you going to move forward in it? Mm -hmm. Um, And once I did that, everything else fell into place. It was more so taking that first step and believing in myself, which we all struggle with that. But after I did that, it it was like I could take a like breath for the first time. And I didn't have that very daunting, uh, heavy weight on my chest anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's the leap of faith that allows us to trust ourselves. And we're always Mm -hmm. so scared of the unknown. It's like, but what's over there? I haven't tasted it. I don't know what it's like. And there is this kind of, I think a lot of us, when we have that awakening and, and anyway, it's the free fall. It's, am I going to let myself jump off this cliff and say, whatever comes forward is what is meant to come forward. And I'm going to ride the wave. Absolutely. So you, you take that step and you say, Mm -hmm. all right, you said this a few minutes ago before we started recording, like, I'm going to become my own detective. I have to be my own advocate if I'm going to change my life. So what is the path from that moment where you become your own detective in every part of your life? Oh, I mean, I think being constantly curious and trying things out and I've failed or quote unquote failed, I should say so many times. And it was in those moments that I knew I was doing something right because I felt good about failing and embracing that and realizing that I was growing through those experiences rather than just playing it safe constantly and not even like putting a toe out into exploring something new. So becoming a detective in all those areas was hard and it's still, I'm still a work in progress. And it's been such a fun learning experience in that aspect of taking those initial steps and then continuing to build off of them and see how they can cross over into other areas of my life. So in what ways were you getting curious? I would say I was getting curious with 
uh, a big part of my life was I was lost. I was trying to find Mac again. I was trying to find that girl, woman, you know, I was trying to find who I was before because I had gotten lost. And I always jokingly tell people, it's like, you sometimes go down that rabbit hole like Alice in Wonderland and you go down, down this whole vortex of things. And a big thing for me was bringing it back to center and who I was and enjoying the things that I loved to do. And that helped me stay grounded in a lot of ways. And whenever I have that feeling in some way, whether it's in a friendship or relationship, work, uh, you know, you name it, there's so many different avenues that we deal with in our wheel of life. And I always go back to center of, is this actually what I want? And does this feel good to me personally, not to someone else, but to me specifically, because I'm the one who's living my life and carrying out what I want to do. Nobody else can do that for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that discernment that I think we lack when we're young. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. I think many of us are raised to follow the leader, do what we're told, you know, be a good yes. girl. And so we end up living this life for everyone else. And I mean, I know nothing about that, but you know, I've heard <laughs> we like end up living for everyone else. And they're like, well, who the yes. fuck am I? Like you get to this point mm-hmm. and I, mine was, I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, I don't even recognize myself. How did I get here? You know, and I think we have varying degrees of that in our own experiences. And, and so then you, you have this discernment of, does this feel good? But the thing that I run into, and I hear a lot of, you know, things from, from my community and the questions I get in the DMS is like, but, but how do you know what is yours and what is not? How do you have discernment when something is presented to you and how do you how do you know what your body is telling you as of a yes or a no? And so when you got to yeah. that point and you're starting to see, okay, is this something that feels good? Is this something that doesn't feel good? What were those like red flags or signs or signals that you started picking up on and were able to say, oh, now I get it? Yes. Uh, I love the red flag reference. I think that's <laughs> huge. <laughs> but I would say that the red flags for me were definitely a lot of physical flags because our bodies, in a way, tell us before our mind, our heart even wants to believe it or come to the same conclusion. And for me, it was noticing I was apologizing for things that weren't even my fault. And I know a lot of like a lot of us can relate to that because it can be from in a relationship. And like you said, the good girl complex of, you know, do what you're told. And it's like, fuck that. That's not what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to embody who you want to be and tap into that kind of instinct of, is this fulfilling what my, you know, life, what I want as my path to be? But the red flags were me, for me were like my, I had a huge like rash slash breakout all on my cheeks and neck. And then I was, I mean, when you're stressed out, fight or flight, uh, my appetite always like the first to go. And that was just a sign to me that I was not in a good place, that I was not taking care of myself, that I was not 
the path I was on was not mine anymore. And I needed to pivot off that and in a way, like save myself and realize that it's okay to let like paths and people go out of your life, but you have to continue on your path no matter what. You can't hold a hand back and constantly wait for something or someone to show up that is it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So those are some of my red flags. I and love my, that. Yeah. And my, I would say my light. My mom actually told me this, which was so profound, but she said, you were like this candle or you are like this candle. And if you get snuffed out enough times, you have to step back and realize that the situation you're in isn't meant to be yours. It's not good for you anymore. Mm. So that was a huge indicator of I wasn't like being this, being myself and being like this open, bright light in a way that my family even saw it. Mm -hmm. And that was my aha moment in a way. So I know skin issues. I mean, same thing for me. It's one of the first things to flare up if I'm eating poorly, if I'm stressed, if there's something that's off, I immediately look at that and I'm like, ha ha, something needs to go. Um, How, what was the process like when you realized, okay, skin flare up connected to this, everything's kind of circling together. And now I'm going to make X, Y, Z changes. What was that process of clearing your skin and also having this like deeper emotional healing at the same time? So (laughs) it was such a, I mean, you know it as our, like your face and everything is the first thing that people see. And that can be, it was a definitely like a blow in a way to my personal ego. And emotionally and mentally, I could just see, like when I looked in the mirror, I was like, I need to step up and figure out like what what path or I should say steps I need to take to make myself feel loved again by me. I need to kind of like in a way court myself again and heal internally and then externally from, I mean, trauma, however you want to word it, but this experience that my body mentally, physically, emotionally was just saying, you know, knocking and saying, hey, we need to do some changes and it's going to be tough. And some days you're not going to want to do it. Um, That was very eye-opening. And I actually spent a month and a half with family. It was um, over the beginning of like the pandemic situation, just having to go back to my roots physically and everything made all those other pieces fall into place. And by... I would say like three months in, I felt more of more myself and that like woman that I knew compared to like even a year prior. It was kind of like a huge unfolding within a year's time of all these different experiences that my body, mind, everything, just emotions went through. Mm-hmm. And were you able to see... Because you talk so much about menstruation and cycles and hormones and food and how it all connects. Were you understanding what was happening with your hormones at that time as well? And like what role that was playing? 
Oh, yes. So when, I mean, the skin is always an indicator. And I could just tell, I mean, on my cycles, whenever I would have like my first week, so like my menstrual phase, I would just be completely miserable the entire week, not just like a little bit, maybe the first day or something. It was a week-long process, uh, super like sore boobs, everything. Um, But it was like chronic. So it was month after month it started to happen. And prior, I had really great cycles for about like four years because I had worked on, um, I was on birth control for a year and a half, um, like five, six years prior. And I worked on that and dove into it and just why hormones can get affected by that and how you're eating, how, you know, noticing, oh, this is why on the weeks that we're literally bleeding and just our hormones are so heightened. This is why I needed a self-care routine. So I knew that my hormones were basically telling me you need to chill out and you need to get your stress levels down because we're not happy. So that was a big learning experience for me. And I'm not a huge journaler historically, but I started writing down kind of weekly how I was feeling and especially um, like through the phases of my cycle. And seeing that month over month, I did about three months of it just for myself. And it was profound to see when I started stepping up in certain ways, whether it's, you know, eating differently and making sure that I, you know, on days that I woke up and just didn't want to show up in the world, I showed up for myself at least and got outside and I did so many walks with my mom, like on our property. And it was one of the best healing experiences I've ever had. Um, So that for me was, it was just profound. And realizing that, you know, when we go through things like breakups or just major shifts in our lives, where we are literally giving everything up and having to start completely fresh, That's very stressful, but knowing I'm going to get through this and I'm not going to give up on myself or, you know, the path I'm on was huge for me. But the hormone piece was awesome. And it was really cool to kind of start developing a like romance phase for myself and have a like period routine. And I always tell, especially women, I'm like, you're a period goddess. You don't have to be miserable. Sometimes you are because life happens. You're going to get stressed out. But like meeting yourself back to square one and what you need to do at the end of the day is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have a partner, like letting them know where you're at, like where you're at with your phase and how you need them to show up, whether it's like, go get me some snacks or hold me or cuddle me or let's Let's go do something relaxing together. Um, I think that was one of the aha moments because I didn't have that growing up. My mom was really great about educating me on certain things, but she herself even said, like, you're probably going to have a really shitty period because I did. And I just remember taking the, I think it was the Midol, like Mm -hmm. the bright pink pill. And 
I was a track athlete. So I just remember I had to take it, especially if I had like a meter day, that's something on the first day I started my cycle just to get through so that I wasn't crashing or having horrible cramps when I'm trying to run a race. Um, but I just remember thinking back then, there's got to be another way. This can't be the only answer of, I don't want to take this pink pill for the rest of my life. And this can't be that good for my system overall. So I think it's just been a, in a way, as cheesy as it sounds, almost like a lifelong just intuition of there's got to be some other answers that I can hunt down and people that I can ask questions, you know, hey, what have you experienced and how have you maneuvered through the situation? Because there isn't just, there's not one right answer in any situation. There's multiple answers. There's multiple paths that you can take. Hi, hi, hi. Okay. Just a quick interruption. I have a yoni egg in right now. I literally just put it in for the first time. Um, it's rose quartz. Uh, it was a little cold. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. I text my team um, because not going to lie, we've all been really scared to use yoni eggs and we kind of just use each other as guinea pigs. And so I have mine in right now. And I was like, OK, I put it in. They're like, OK, tell me everything. And I said, I kind of feel like it's stimulating my G spot. Um, I'm having sensations. I'm having sensations from inside to my clit. So it works. I don't know. Um, Yoni eggs are so good for so many things. Um, The rose quartz one is so beautiful. And as you know, if you are a crystal lover, you know, I've been having a rough time with my crystals. Um, But I do love this. And there's just this sense of like opening and healing the heart chakra, um, compassion, worthiness, self-care. I like the idea of having something inside of me. This is so funny. I like the idea of having something inside of me, obviously. Um, but something that is healing, something that supports my body. And I'm so excited um, that Yoni Pleasure Palace has these really beautifully curated Yoni eggs, as well as an entire line of so many other things. Waterproof sex blankets, um, these pleasure wands. I have a pleasure wand in front of me right now. Um, it looks like an octopus leg arm um it's pink as well and i'm really excited to use this i think connor might giggle a little bit when he sees me pull this out later but we're gonna do it we're gonna fucking do it and he's gonna goddamn enjoy it and i have a feeling i'm really gonna enjoy it it has like the little little tentacle things that stick out like an octopus which i can only imagine feels pretty epic inside of your pussy so if you're someone who's looking for really beautifully created sex toys, as well as things that not only bring you pleasure, but bring deep, deep healing within, I highly recommend Yoni Pleasure Palace. Every glass and crystal product is 100% body safe, hypoallergenic, compatible with every lubricant responds to your temperature and doesn't have any chemicals or plastics or resins. So I love Yoni Pleasure Palace. They're all about education and also um, destigmatizing sex and pleasure. And so, you know, I'm here for that. So if you go to yonipleasurepalace.com, use the code Kelly T and you'll get 10% off your order. That's Yoni, Y-O-N-I, 
Pleasure Palace. If you don't know how to fucking spell pleasure and you listen to my show, let's get on it. All right. Enjoy, babes. You alluded to this just growing up. I mean, you grew up with brothers. Yes. You're like (laughs) the guy's girl, you know, you're the athlete. You, you know, probably didn't talk about emotions and feelings the way uh, girls may when they grow up with sisters. And so that has to play a role into our connection with our bodies. I would imagine I was very girly. So I had a very different experience, still disconnected (laughs) from my body, but for other reasons. Um, So what do you like? That has to be kind of that come to Jesus moment where you're like, oh, I grew up this way and it's no longer supportive for me to live in that energy as a woman and to be more connected to my body even just as an athlete, we're so, as much as I feel like we're connected to our bodies, they make us so disconnected because we, you know, play through the pain unless you're fucking dying on the floor. Absolutely. What did you do with all of that information? Oh man. <laughs> um, I mean, so just back to the having three older brothers, that was, I was, I'm still very competitive. It's died down more now, but I hated getting my period and I was always so pissed that they never had to deal with it. And especially for athletics, like all of us, all four of us siblings did athletics throughout our life. And that was a way to just like tap into my masculine. And I was so far kind of on that side of it that when it came to my cycle and everything early on, I thought it was such a huge inconvenience. I was so uh, out of touch in some ways where I was just like, whatever, I have to do this. This is just something I have to deal with. And now flip side, if I were to like teleport back to my 16 year old self, I would say, this is amazing. There's actually different ways that you can show for yourself during this time. Uh, It's not gross to get your period. You don't need to hide your I remember hiding tampons in my sleeves to go to the bathroom at school. And it's, I think it's so interesting what we each, like you said, each of us uh, grew up in and then viewing now how we are connected or disconnected with our body and kind of getting back to that equilibrium. Um, But that's something that I would love to be able to like educate younger women, younger girls that are, they're starting their womanhood. It's like when you start bleeding, they, oh, I always joke the, I think he was the gym teacher on Me Girls, but it's a hilarious thing where he's like, put a condom on or you'll get pregnant. Like there's no education on, there's only a few days out of the month you can actually get pregnant. There's all these different avenues and you should feel sexy when you're on your period. Some days I totally get it. But the fact that it's like you're able to bring life into this world. You are a vessel in so many ways outside of that as well. But we're bleeding and, you know, working our jobs. We're mothers, we're sisters, we're wives, you know, we're all these different things. But I find that so badass that we're able to do that as women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think. There's this level of softening that we get to experience of embracing what it means to be in your feminine. 
And it doesn't mean that you completely eradicate the masculine from your energy. We know that there's a balance in there, right? And it depends, of course, on your cycle and what's going on in life. And are you playing a sport or are you like holding a baby? Like what, what energy do you get to be in at that moment? But there is this, this beautiful softening. But what I also find is that it's fucking terrifying for women to allow themselves to soften because you said this in the beginning, fight or flight. We have learned to be in survival mode so much of our lives that the idea of relaxing and actually softening is really terrifying because we don't know how to operate in that. So what do you do to be in that feminine softening without having a panic attack of like, oh dear God, (laughs) what does this mean? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I feel like we all have those panic attacks of, oh, if I relax, I'm going to miss out on X, Y, and Z, which is, again, like truth bomb here, I guess I should say in a way, is that's complete bullshit. You are not going to miss out on things in life if you actually take time to slow down and relax and soften. Um, For me, it's, I, like each season, I should say, so like fall time, I love to slow down. I love to read like a book at night or something. I love to draw some art and just feel sexy sometimes, like get dressed up on a date night or even take myself out on a date. I know that sounds crazy, but I think it's so important even when you're in a partnership, relationship, marriage, whatever you're in to take your like take care of yourself in that way and do things that make you feel so good and wholesome instead of rushing to do everything um i actually on my phone in the morning i take the first hour at least to myself and i don't answer things unless it's an emergency for like work emails and everything i don't have that on my phone <laughs> i probably shouldn't admit that but it's I can't show up for anybody else unless I show up for me Mm -hmm. and doing things like that. And I grew up out in the country with my parents. They're still to this day on the same property that they raised all of us kids. And I absolutely love it. And being outside was a huge part of our childhood, which was so healthy in so many ways. But my mom and dad, my dad is actually a insane uh, flower gardener which I think is adorable. Um, He learned it from my grandma because he was the youngest and he'd always take along. So I got to learn from him. And then my mom has an insane green thumb. So something I like to do too is like, I will just in a way, uh, mother my plants, whether it's our garden that we have or like our indoor plants, something like that where I can feel at ease. I'll put on some music and just relax. and tap in and see how the energy is in the house um, and just, you know, repotting plants, something as silly and maybe simple that is, that makes me feel so good and just like slowing down and tapping into Mother Earth, Mm -hmm. which I think we all can relate to because all of us women are totally a piece of Mother Earth in our own ways. Who has their chocolate gold in front of them because it's cold and windy as fuck and needs something warm that tastes good and is also good for you. Oh, look, it's Organifi. (laughs) Should have been a jingle writer in another life. No, definitely not. Um, So 
big, big, big fan of all things Organifi, but the chocolate gold throughout winter is always going to be my go-to. So I hope you don't get tired of caring about it from me because I'm just, I'm a lover. Don't hate, I'm a lover. I love chocolate and I am going into IVF season. Holla, I'm going to be a mama. That's going to be weird. It's going to be so weird. What are we going to do when I'm a mom? This is a very different experience. Um, but I'm going into IVF season, so I'm really having to be super cautious and just intentional with what I'm putting in my body, as I always am. But um, I was reading this book and it said um, eggs for like the 90 days before you do a retrieval. It's really important, uh, whether it's supplementation or um, what you're eating, the way you're sleeping, your hydration is really important in those 90 days right before you extract the eggs and get everything ready. So being really intentional. So I'm really upping everything that makes my body feel good, drinking way more water. Um, I have to completely eliminate caffeine, alcohol, um, really getting rid of sugar, cutting back on dairy and gluten, just anything that's inflammatory. And so that kind of takes out a lot of things that taste good. Um, (laughs) if we're being honest, so I am trying to have as much as I can that really tastes good and I know is good for me. And so that's why I'm drinking uh, a lot more chocolate gold and really nourishing my body in every way while also getting that chocolate fix because it's just it's a love affair that we have with chocolate. I'm sure that you resonate with that. Um, So if you have not gotten your chocolate gold this season, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Um, you can go to Organifi.com slash Kelly T and you will get 20% off. Stock up for the holidays, stock up for cold season, give your body what it wants. I'm telling you, Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Kelly T, 20% off. So I have become the electrolyte fairy, um, my friends like to refer to me as, because I just had the girls in town and uh, it was so fun and I like to give people gifts. It is so fun to me. And because I am a quote unquote influencer and people send me shit for free, um, I am really lucky and grateful and I like to share that with everyone else, especially when I'm obsessed with the products. And Element is incredibly generous. They send us so much product, so much. We gave so much out at the wedding. We give it to everyone when they come over and I sent boxes home with all the girls when they left like I was fucking Santa Claus and I was like here's your electrolytes don't forget <laughs> um and actually my friend Megan Curry had this really good idea she was like oh my god I do the raspberry but then I put half of a lemon squeeze in there and it's like raspberry lemonade and I just thought this is why I have friends because I am not smart enough to think of things like this so Try Element and try the raspberry and squeeze some goddamn lemon in there. And the other things I was teaching them is the the chocolate. You just put a couple drops of stevia and make it hot. It's like a salty hot chocolate. Um, And then if you mix half a packet of lemon habanero with half a packet of watermelon, you have spicy watermelon. Yeah, so good. I told uh, the doctor today that I'm just not drinking enough water as per usual. And I said, but you know what does make me drink more water is Element. And she was like, I love Element. I actually recommend it to all of my patients. 
Well, there you go. So go to drinkelement.com slash Kelly T and you will get an eight pack sampler of Element for the price of shipping only. And I know some people who know some people who have told me that there is a new flavor dropping um, and I'm not going to announce it yet because I don't want to spoil the surprise, but you better fucking get in there because, oh my God, it's going to be good. Drinkelement.com slash Kelly T. Get your eight pack sampler. Okay, bye. I want to know how <laughs> being in a healthy relationship has impacted the way your body functions. Oh my gosh. I love this question. So, uh, in so many ways, um, my current partner I'm with, I met in end of like June, 2020 and I instinctively knew that I wanted to get to know this person and my body just felt so relaxed and almost this warming sensation in my chest where I was in a weird way. I was like, I've met this person before in some degree and I've just, it's like we've been waiting for each other to like catch up and finally be able to meet. Um, But especially for women, like I, a big thing for me was to feel desired, to feel my partner was in awe of me. And then also vice versa. Obviously that was, that was a piece for me in previous relationships that there was like this missing link where I was very much like in awe, in desire, uh, constantly rooting them on. But if shit hit the fan on my side for some reason and I needed that support, like someone to pick me up and just be there, that wasn't the case. Um, So for me, a healthy relationship that I've been in now for over a year, it's just been constantly rooting each other on, laughing through things. Uh, Nobody's perfect. So like talking through things, communication has been huge for me and I've learned so much because it's hard to have a healthy relationship if one partner, even if it's you or whoever you're with, isn't able to communicate what they need and what they want and their desires, whether that's sexually in the bedroom or, you know, if you're, if you need support with something at work, something to talk through life in general, family things. Um, There's so many pieces that go into that. And every time something has come up in my life or my partner's life, it has been met with love and support and humor always. I think that's a key piece. Um, And honestly, wanting to jump his bones when we're like both in our 80s. I mean... That I think is such a wrapped up in a, if I could wrap it up in a package, you know, some of those things are so key, I feel, to a healthy relationship. Um, And another piece for me was to be able to be in sync with each other as far as my cycle goes. Um, Just because in the past, that always like sex on my period wasn't always something that they were into. And I didn't think any any guy really liked it, which I know that's hilarious that I'm even saying that. But to feel sexy when I'm on it, to feel desired still when I'm on it, and to know that he knows my cycle as well. Like, these are the days you're ovulating. This is when, you know, 
you're right before you're about to start your period, you might be a little more sensitive, you know, might need a little support, uh, might need some alone time to go, you know, like do my own thing for a little bit. That has been so amazing. And I don't have any anxiety because I feel like we've all been there where having those tough conversations there's never a right time to like bring something up to talk about it. And I don't have that feeling with this healthy relationship. It's if I, if either of us are feeling like we need to bring something up, it's like, we'll just talk about it. And if they're busy or something, we'll say, Hey, can I, you know, can I really use something later? Can we have a little one-on-one time, go for a walk, something? I just want to talk through something with you. And we'll always both say, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Can't wait to talk to you and discuss this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's just been fun. And my parents have always been somewhat a couple that I've always looked up to. And a big thing as they've gotten older is they constantly have fun with each other, even if there's like tense moments on a road trip or something. They always will tease each other and they are in like constant adoration of each other. Um, And to me, that is so healthy and so awesome to see in any relationship personally. It's amazing. (laughs) So it's funny because there's like this underlying theme within this whole conversation, which is there was a level of chaos and lack of peace in all areas Mm -hmm. of your life. Yeah. And you talked about not feeling anxiety with Dave and empowering yourself as this period goddess and also Mm -hmm. really stepping into a space of being of service to women. And that all speaks to really knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and deepening your relationship with yourself. And so I think that those themes really run true for so many of us in, in many aspects of our lives. So I just want to know from you, if someone were to come to you and kind of reflect similar experiences and emotions, what -hmm. would you say have been, you know, two or three of the most important catalysts for you to create a life of peace and joy and a lot of laughter, like you've been talking about? Oh man, I would say, so going back a little bit on one of the first chaoses that I kind of just had to grab onto and harness and learn from it was I fell in love with Colorado uh, and I'm still in love with Colorado. That's why I'm here. But a big piece for me was changing my environment. And when I first came out here, I felt like I finally belonged in a way. And I felt that I had a really great understanding in the terms of the sense of community. I have an amazing community back home, very close knit. Anytime I see my parents or my siblings, my three brothers, it's we pick up right where we left off. And for me, being in your environment is so important, whether it's like if you live in a certain house or an apartment, you know, uh, if you do van life, I mean, wherever you feel like you can just 
ah, take a big exhale is so important because for me, it was almost as if I was constantly trying to fit into a puzzle and I was, you know, a circular piece and everyone else was these were these square pieces. And that was such a beautiful and awesome experience. And for me, a big part of how I handled those different situations was addressing my environment because if I was in a place that I felt awesome, that I felt in control, that I felt like I could take on anything, then I knew I was going to be okay. Mm. And coming back to Colorado, I took a hiatus, if you will, for about nine months. Uh, I moved back for some family things uh, and the relationship I was in at the time. Very thankful that I did that though, because I thought it was a great learning experience and I got to be with family. But coming back, it just felt like home. And I knew I'm like, this is where you are supposed to be. This is like your inner compass telling you, you need to go back to this area and you need to finish. And something that my dad uh, told me that I was just like, uh, I still sometimes get emotional, but he didn't tell me because he wanted me to learn myself. Um, But when I moved back to Colorado, uh, the first and only time, he shared with my mom that he was like, I don't think she's done yet. She she is not finished doing what she needs to do out there and what she's meant to do. And when he finally told me that, when I said, I think I need to go back out, I was just like, oh, this is, this is awesome. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And to hear someone that I look up to in so many ways that knows me sometimes better than myself was profound in a lot of ways for me. So environment was huge and letting go of old expectations because I was, when I was an athlete in high school and just growing up, I always would show up for everyone. I was always like the workhorse. I could, if somebody needed me to be in a relay or something, I would do it. I loved the sport. But I also feel that I was trying to almost meet this expectation of perfection that wasn't attainable and that was not sustainable because I was constantly uh, getting down on myself if I didn't do good or, you know, making sure that I was so rigid in a routine. And letting go of that has allowed me to in some ways, be in awe of myself and say, holy crap, you went through that, but look where you are now. And all those things that you just went through in the past, you know, year, six months, whatever it was, I knew that at the end of the day, I was going to show up for myself and I needed to break free of those constraints that I almost built for myself because I still had those voices of other people in my head that I needed to let go. Mm. So that was a big piece for me to feel at ease, not have that anxiety and feel that I wasn't stepping up because the only person who was saying that was myself in my head. Nobody else was saying that to me in person. Um, And if if somebody had that conversation with me, it was out of love and respect and it was a great learning experience. Um, 
And another thing was not taking myself too seriously because I feel like we are always, especially us women, we're constantly, we want to be the best in our own realm, but there's room for everyone. There's enough people to heal, to connect with, to, you know, create a community with, to do whatever you want to do in this lifetime. There's enough of that. Um, And I think realizing that allowed me to just relax and know that whatever I choose to do, if I'm all in, I'm going to be great at it. And there's going to be times where it's not going to be fun or it might be a little bit hard, but I know at the end of the day, it will work out. There's not, there doesn't have to be a timeline on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of let go of that and said, you don't have to do this in a year's time. You don't have to do this in five years. You can kind of have a, that's one of my least favorite questions when you have like interviews or something. What's your five-year plan? Oh my God. Like, fuck that question. <laughs> fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> yes. Uh, absolutely. And it's always so funny because when I've been in those situations, I start sweating. because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do in a month from now. Mm-hmm. Like, is there something wrong with me? Um, and my only thing I can say for if somebody asked me, what's your five-year plan? I just want to be like, you know, I want a few simple things in life, you know, these three things, and I want to be happy. That's, that's my five-year plan. I don't know what I'm going to accomplish in those five years, but I know that it's going to be great. And like you said, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't need to have everything planned out. Nobody needs to tell me what, by what age I need to have something accomplished because that timeline is it's invisible. It doesn't exist. Like everybody can accomplish what they need to at the time in life that it's supposed to happen. Preach girl. (laughs) That's what's up right there. (laughs) That's it. She figured it out. Everyone listening back. (laughs) Golden ticket. Yes. Golden ticket. This is the magic little pill you were all waiting for. Yes. Um, Okay. So the well-fed woman, all the things, tell everyone how they can work with you. Yes. So I have officially launched my website. Uh, well, the Well-Fed Woman. I just did my first in-person and virtual event two weeks ago. Which, which was, was so good. I was there in person. <laughs> Kelly was it was so proud. It was beautiful. Um, it was profound to be in a room with all those women. And I felt I felt amazing. I felt like I was floating on clouds after because having a space held for those women virtually and also in person was so important. Not only I was like, I did it for them, but in a way, all of you who showed up that I was like, that was so special for me. Mm -hmm. That was like, selfishly, I was like, this is amazing. Like I want to be around this energy all the time. Um, The the well-fed woman, it is kind of a catchy, just all-encompassing all areas of your life in sex, in relationships, in your work, how you're showing up in the world. How are you continuing to nourish yourself and be well-fed in those areas? Because we have so much shit going on. I mean, there's so many things that happen in life. And if you're not, as I always like to tell people, if you're not filling up your cup, if you're not nourishing your body, 
in any way, whether it's the food on your plate or the primary food that's not on your plate, you cannot be well fed. And when I see a woman walking, you know, down the street, something, and I, they have that glow about them. I'm like, you're, you're well fed. You know exactly what you're doing with your life. You might not know everything, but you're doing what is best for you. And I, th- I think that's beautiful. Mm. It's, it's amazing. So oh, good. you can find me at my website, uh, thewellfedwoman.com. And there will definitely be more workshops because that was so fun. And I love, absolutely love connecting with a group of women. So good. Well, thank you for being here. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you. 